Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Brent. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And man, again, is it slow out there? <laughs> Not much going on in college football at the moment. So I reached out to a guest first time on the show, Brad Powers. He's a Las Vegas handicapper, one of the best, most entertaining follows out there, and really an outstanding Las Vegas insider. I think you guys are really going to appreciate Brad's content that he brings to the show. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But before we get to that, I found uh, someone else that's uh, going to be bringing on the show next week, Kelly Ford. He's actually the commissioner of the Horizon League, and he also football power rankings and schedule ranker. And why I'm bringing attention to uh, Kelly Ford, who goes by K Ford Rankings on Twitter. I recommend you give him a follow. He recently put out uh, an infographic, not only for the SEC, which is, of course, why I'm interested in talking to him, and I'll throw it up on the screen here, but he put out realistic expectations using his model for every team in the country for the upcoming college football season. Now, we're going to go much, much more in-depth on this next week with Kelly, but while I got it up here, while I've uh, found this, you know, tease the content a little bit here. Some pretty interesting stuff here from uh, K Ford rankings when it comes to the SEC. Everybody and their mother, again, has got Georgia and Alabama as the two best teams in the league. Not necessarily even disagreeing with that, but what's interesting, according to the K Ford rankings, the most realistic win total for both Georgia and Alabama as long as I'm interpreting this data correctly, is 10 wins with 11, certainly a, a realistic possibility. His system here, average Georgia 11 wins, Alabama 10.8, but 10, 10 to 11. I mean, so basically you're saying Georgia and Alabama are going to lose at least one game according to K Ford's rankings. I thought that was pretty fascinating, but here is the one that I think will catch a lot of the SEC's attention, particularly Big Blue Nation up there in Lexington, Kentucky. The third place team on K Ford's rankings. And here's a little note. Again, we're going to go much, much deeper on this content with Kelly next week on the show. We've already lined up a time to meet and everything. But the way he specifies this, this does not mean that he thinks Kentucky is the third best team in the conference. But what this means is their schedule sets up in such a way that by the end of the year, Kentucky could have the third best record, the third best resume in the SEC. So, hell, that's exactly what they want to be hearing up there in Lexington when they're dreaming of making that trip to Atlanta. And again, his model's got Georgia losing at least one game here, more than likely, based on his model. So, who knows? Kentucky pull a miracle, maybe. Next on the docket here, Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Both sitting here with a high, high, high probability of each winning seven games, eight games most likely for Ole Miss and Texas A&M there in the rugged SEC West. Tennessee next on the docket, 7.8. So again, hovering right around that seven to eight win mark for the Vols. I don't think seven wins is going to keep that fan base happy. They want at least eight. 
next season, right under Tennessee, we got Florida. 7.2 wins with their schedule under this model with a, a 42% chance of winning eight games. I think that's something the Gators would possibly take this year. Here's a little bit of a curveball. This is interesting. Auburn, 7.1, a team a, a lot of folks. We just did the Athlon preview last weekend, which don't forget Stephen Lassen coming on the show next week. I'm going to keep plugging it till he comes on. Auburn, 7.1 wins with 88% chance Auburn wins six, 68% chance that Auburn wins seven so oh boy K Ford I want to talk to you about Auburn Mississippi State 6.8 wins LSU 6.7 Arkansas what the hell 6.5 the Razorbacks gonna be coming for you K Ford you got some explaining to do but again so we got Auburn Mississippi State LSU and Arkansas right there between 7.1 to 6.5 wins that should give you an indication of just how tight things are going to be in the SEC West, could have those teams, I would argue, in any order, and you can make a case for any of it. So it's pretty interesting. And then the bottom of the East, South Carolina, 5.9. These All these metrics, man, they hate the Gamecock for some reason. I don't get it. Six wins got to be the bare minimum, I would think, for Shane Beamer and company. 5.7 wins for Missouri. Of course, they want to go back to a bowl game, and I think they will. And then Vanderbilt, 2.5 is the average wins for the Vanderbilt Commodores, according to K. Ford rankings. But again, we are going to have Kelly Ford on the show next week to go much, much deeper on these numbers. And, and hell, I may be interpreting them wrong. There's a lot of numbers, a lot of data on here. And I'm not, there's a reason I podcast for a living. I'm not a math guy. So I uh, look forward to uh, K. Ford hopping on the line to break these down in more detail next week. But all right, hey, I held off long enough. Let's kick it over to just a terrific, terrific interview here with Brad Powers, bradpowerssports.com, Las Vegas handicapper. I think you guys are really going to appreciate the insight he brings to the show. All right, we're pleased to be joined for the first time by Brad Powers, who's a Las Vegas handicapper. You got to give him a follow. He's, he's entertaining as hell on Twitter, at bradpowers seven. And check out his work at bradpowersports.com. Brad, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we were joking before we started here. I thought you had the old Miss helmet because I got <laughs> you in the tiny window. But it's uh, yeah. it's UNLV running Rebels, which that makes a hell of a lot more sense uh, considering you're out there in Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, just, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. So I support the Revs every now and then. But uh doesn't mean I don't bet against them. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously I wanted to talk SEC lines, SEC win totals with you, but I wanted to ask you first, with obviously the, the legalization around the country, how has that changed, um, you know, the sports gaming business in your mind, if, if at all? Well, that's an excellent question. It's a loaded question. Uh, obviously, general interest in point spreads and overall, you know, betting on college football or any sport for that matter has greatly increased uh it's you know flushed from being kind of a black market out in the open I, I still think you know there was there was millions and millions if not billions of dollars bet before legalization it's just now it's more on the up and up uh it, there's been some plus there's been some positives there's been some negatives believe it or not in, in it but uh, uh overall it, i think it's been you know 
what we call in the industry positive EV, which means it's it's been generally positive, especially, you know, more people want to talk about it. So I think that's great. Now, when you, you know, search out to bet, um, I, I think this would be, you know, incredibly valuable uh, advice for the listeners. Is there a, a certain sports book you like or do you shop around and look at all the odds? So that's another good question. Uh, I think if the, you could take away anything from anybody, uh, it's not, you know, buy Brad's picks or, or follow him on Twitter or any, anybody for that matter. It is generally if you want to win more or at least increase your chances of winning, shop. That, that's the one word, shop. Yeah, you, you want to bet at more than one book. You, you, there's so many times out there where, I mean, you could just find that half point around a key number of three or seven or a, a difference this time of year season win total betting is really popular. Just shop at four or five different books. A lot of times you're going to find an extra half win somewhere. And I'm here to tell you in the long run, especially if you're making more than a few bets, that will greatly help your year end results. So I, I probably bet at 20 or more different books. So wow. that, that's all I do is shop all the time. And I always tell my listeners, I'm always curious to hear what odds makers have to say, but in college football in particular, I always feel like the best value bets are out there uh, during the preseason or early in the season before yep. the odds makers really get a handle on these teams. Do you find that to be the case as well? Absolutely. Uh, I, I Look, I, I don't want to be too blunt, but I don't have any really respect for the odds makers or the bookmakers <laughs> this time of year. I, I watched 59 spring games this year. They're worried about March Madness. You know, college baseball, NBA, Major League Baseball, all that different stuff, where if you just focus and specialize on one individual sport, you can know more than that bookmaker. Now, with that being said, I'm not going to be betting a bunch of season win totals at the end of August because the market has spoken for itself. Guys like myself uh, have been into it. The public has shaped who they want to bet at that point. So, yeah, it, it gets sharper as you go along. So I, I'll tell anybody, the earlier, the better to bet, whether it's you know, in the summer or even during the week, bet on Sunday and Monday. Don't wake up on game day and thinking you're going to find a lot of value <laughs> betting. I mean, there, there's just no excuse anymore. It's not like you're betting with a local bookie. Sign up on your sportsbook app. The lines are out on Sunday and Monday early in the week. Bet then. Absolutely. And and speaking of that, having no respect, I, I had no respect for these two uh, win <laughs> totals when they came out from the win sportsbook. You know, I, th I think they really wanted I, I had the the odds maker, Matt Lindemann, great guy. But it, I think they really wanted to be first, first to market yep. here. And they they misstepped, in my opinion. I, I'm curious to know what you think. They had the Arkansas over-under win total at 6.5. They had Vanderbilt at 1.5. Are those two that caught your attention at all, or, or was there another one perhaps? No, those are the two. You, you are very sharp in that regard. And see, you specializing in a conference will know more than the bookmaker. You don't even have to know too much about betting, but you know that team insider out more than they did. I think you mentioned a couple of good things. They were racing to be first. We are seeing that now in the market where it's a race to be first instead of a race to be right. And they want to post these things earlier and earlier. And if you specialize in a sport or a conference, you're going to know more than they do. Uh, the one that I ran to and bet was over Arkansas. Tried to bet Vanderbilt, but guys like yourself uh, got to that quicker than me. <laughs> and that went from one and a half to two immediately. So uh, yeah, that, that one should have been two, two and a half on Vanderbilt. And Arkansas should have at least been seven, if not seven and a half. Yeah, I think that's where most books have it now. Seven and a half for the Arkansas Razorbacks. So good to see I got some value on that one. But yeah, you what, did. Do you, 
What do you make of teams? Because there's a, there's a handful, or not even a handful, three teams in particular that uh, I'm really struggling just just to figure out with the with the coaching turnover, with the roster turnover, and that's LSU and Ole Miss at the forefront of that discussion. How do you go about uh, you know picking teams like that at this time of year? Because for me, th- those are two that I just completely stay away from. How about you? Uh, that's another good question. Uh, look, we're early on in the process for the transfer portal where we need more data sample sizes. I think LSU and USC are, are two really good ones. And Ole Miss being another one where we're going to find out, uh, you know, how teams can be successful. I think there's some good, some bad for every Michigan state that was successful last year at the transfer portal. There's going to be other teams that aren't uh, when there's uncertainty. Yeah. There can be a hesitation on my part, maybe, but I'm not buying LSU. Uh, so I, I bet under their season win total under seven and a half. I know LSU fans aren't going to like that or seven and five. They're going to consider a failure. I think it's a tough schedule, really tough schedule. I mean, there's no layups in the West. And I even think that week one game against Florida state can be difficult. I mean, they're only a two and a half point favorite. So that's almost a 50, 50 proposition in that one. So I did bet LSU under, even though, you know, look, I mean, <laughs> they upgraded, but they had to. I mean, they were down to 39 guys in the bowl game. So you're talking a completely different roster. I just think with a first-year coach, it's just not going to be a great season there on the Bayou. I'm a little more optimistic on Ole Miss. I think a lot of it's due to schedule. I expect Ole Miss to be favored in their first seven games of the season. So I, I, I would be stunned if they're at least not 6-1 and one to start off. Obviously, they get the, the Egg Bowl at home. I think that'll be a win in their favor there. So I would actually lean, even with all the transfers, I'd lean Ole Miss over seven and a half. Mm. Now, what, what's your thoughts on South Carolina, which obviously made major upgrades via the transfer portal as well? Uh, they pulled a couple upsets last season, so they, they got that fan base fired up. I had one guy, he, he listener of the, the show, I'm not trying to poke fun, but Gamecock Kyle, he says 12 and <laughs> 0, realistically 11 and 1. I mean, that's, he's kidding, but, you know, those fans are, are damn fired up, whereas, you know, you, you look at the win totals, it's it's hovering right around the same areas. They they won seven, if you count the bowl game, six and a half. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Gamecocks? Tough team. Uh, I got them much improved. They're one of the most improved teams in the country. Starts with Spencer Rattler, obviously a quarterback. I still have some concerns with the skill position talent surrounding him, but look good in watching them in the spring. Obviously, South Carolina's got a very passionate fan base. There's a lot of excitement around the program. I love what Beamer did last year, but I thought, they vastly overachieved last year. And sometimes people are going to get excited and say, oh, year two, they're going to be better. But they could be a much better team this year and still not match that win total. I mean, the schedule is really tough uh, there in the East. I think, generally speaking, is a little imp- more improved than what it's been I- I- as far as I'm concerned, even though everyone's still chasing Georgia. Man, at six and a half, I honestly, my numbers say under. Uh, I haven't bet it yet. Uh, but I, I think six and six is more likely than seven and five, even though I think, you know, from a power ratings aspect, I got them seven points better than what they were a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, and st- staying in the East, what about Kentucky? I believe their numbers at seven and a half. You know, there, there's been a lot of value in Kentucky over the years, but, and now you got the quarterback hype. I mean, my God, CBS, some guy at CBS says he'll, Will Levis will be number one overall <laughs> pick. That's usually a kiss of death this time of year, but uh you know, are, are we getting a little too excited about Kentucky? What do you, what do you think there? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, in my power ranks, I think they're a clear-cut top 25 team. That's saying something. Keep in mind, it's different. You know, my power ranks are different than an AP poll vote. So, I mean, that's just basically who's going to be favored over who on a new, neutral field. But there are concerns. I mean, starts with like 10 returning starters. I know Rodriguez is back in the backfield. Levis is back at quarterback. But, man, the offensive line coach is gone. They lost some guys there. Uh, relatively inexperienced at some of the other positions. You know, th- th- this is important. Again, the, the shop, I, I bet under eight and a half. I shopped really hard, found an eight and a half. I bet under eight and a half. I, but if I had to put it, you know, a number, probably eight and four. Uh, and I do think eight and four is more likely than seven and five. So if you find a low seven and five, seven and a half out there, I, I'd probably lean over. So that, that just goes to show you, I can be on or against any team. Just give me the right number, and I'll bet on or against that team. What about the Aggies? So much hype again with the A&M, all the talent they're acquiring. Of course, fell short of expectations last year, but they did beat Alabama. Are you buying the A&M hype that, uh, you know, that fan base is expecting 10 wins this, this fall? Yeah, so it's not always about my numbers. Sometimes you can anticipate market moves. So an early season win total came out on them, eight and a half. I think there's still a lot of eight and a half nines out there. So I just figured there'd be so much exuberance, you know, coming off, you know, not only the number one recruiting class this year, but one of the best in history. And I, I fully expected people wanting to bet the over. And if I wanted to hedge later in the summer, I would, but I did bet over eight and a half. Hey, look at the schedule. I mean, even though my numbers aren't, you know, super high on Texas A&M. I still think they'll probably be favoring at least 10 games, if not 11, with the exception being a, a two touchdown plus underdog role against Alabama. will be looking for revenge. So, I mean, I watched the spring game and their defensive line showed out in the spring game big time. And keep in mind, a lot of those incoming freshmen weren't there yet. So I don't care how young they are. I mean, it is an historic class that you have to respect. Mm-hmm. Now, how about Auburn? I mean, you, you seeing any value there? But right now, I, I believe the, the over-under is right around five and a half. That's clearly not the expectations down there, but we know all the drama in the offseason. This may be a stay away for you. It is for me because I just I could see it being a dumpster fire or hell, I could see them winning eight, nine games if, if you know, they catch fire somehow. It's a stay away from me at five and a half. That's where I priced it. I can tell you uh, one of the books opened six and a half at the start of the summer. I ran to the window and bet under. Uh, I just think it's far likely that I could see it going bad, uh, especially if they get in there. Now, the early season schedule is favorable for them. A bunch of home games to start. I just think if they somehow lose that Penn State game, I think that's the big swing game there. If they lose it, maybe it starts, you know, we saw at the end of last season when they closed the season with five straight losses. We already have, you know, the, the big boosters already don't want Harson there. He's, I don't think, an ideal fit for the culture there to begin with. So, all it takes is a couple of losses or two, and I could see it going south. So that's why, generally speaking, why I bet under. Now, I'm a Tennessee grad, Brad. So, you know, I know that uh, every three to four years, we got to get hyped about the Vols. But <laughs> I, I like to joke, Josh Heupel goes so damn fast. He sp- even sped that up to year two. We're, we're already on the bandwagon going back to Atlanta. What do you think about Tennessee and, and their odds this year, second year under Josh Heupel? I bet them over. Uh, again, this book was a race to be first, uh, and there's uh, seven. I love over seven. Seven and a half I would take over, too. I think they're an eight and four type of team. Still worried about the defense, but, man, offensively, what's not to like? I think they're a legitimate top five offense in the country. And then Hooker's back, 31 touchdowns, three interceptions a year ago. Got to like what you see there. Uh, schedule be interesting, especially that week two game, probably a swing game at Pitt. 
Uh, if they can win that one, then you got to feel real comfortable about going over. I don't think they're going to Atlanta. Uh, there's still a big <laughs> gap between them and Georgia. But I do think they're the second best team in the East. Well, speaking of Georgia and Alabama, you know, I don't want to ignore them, but I mean, there's just basically <laughs> no value in those picks, right? Because that's who the public's going to be voting yeah. or, or picking. And, and hell, they just stacked the odds so much uh, in picking uh, the over for Georgia and Alabama. I mean, there's just no value there, is there? Agree. I very rarely am betting a season win total on either one of those two teams. I mean, uh, some places have, I mean, I've done other shows where like, you got to go over 10 and a half on Georgia and Alabama. And I say, yeah, absolutely. You got to go over, but keep in mind price matters. You get to bet over. It's like minus two fifty, So you got to bet 250 bucks <laughs> to win a hundred. It's priced in there folks. So that's already telling you that there's a 70% chance that they're going to go over that you're paying for that. So yeah, I, I'll say this. I'll be absolutely shocked if they're not playing each other in the SEC championship game. They, I expect both to be a double-digit favorite in every game they play this year. Not saying that they won't trip up and lose a game, but I I'd be stunned if they lose two and not be there in Atlanta playing each other. Mm. A- any thoughts on um, you know early game of the year lines like uh, Alabama on the road at Texas? I mean, I know Texas fans will sure be fired up for that, but it just kind of feels like the annual Alabama rolls into town, beat you by forty yep. type game, doesn't it? Yeah, so uh, there's a sports book here in Vegas called the South Point. They opened game of the years up uh, last week. I bet on Alabama quite a bit. He was too low on Alabama. <laughs> uh, one of the games I bet, I bet it, the Crimson Tide against Texas. I know Sark has kind of a, you know, knows some of the personnel at Alabama, but I'm here to tell you that there's a major mismatch in that game. That's Alabama's defensive line, those edge rushers against Texas's weakest unit, which is their offensive line. There's a reason for all recruiting folks why Texas went out and got six offensive linemen. So that, that's a big mismatch. I, I think Crimson Tide roll there. Other games where I bet the Crimson Tide, I'll tell you, I thought one of the, the, the weakest lines I've seen uh, that same book opened Alabama six and a half at Tennessee. Uh, I'm here to tell you that one should have been in the double digits. <laughs> I roll tied there and I even laid 20, uh, with Alabama against Auburn. So I, I just think Alabama to me, I mean, I'm not breaking news here, but they're clear cut number one. And it's why during the Georgia game, the national title game, I'm sitting there and it's late in the game and I'm waiting for the first book to post lines into the future odds. Who's going to win the title for next year. <laughs> And I bet Alabama. So I, <laughs> I, I've been on them since January 10th of this year. What about, uh, I believe it's week three. Maybe you can p- provide some insight on, on what your numbers say about Miami because they're rolling into Texas A&M. And I, I believe the South uh, Point has at, at the Aggies favored by a touchdown. Any thoughts on that game? Fair line. Didn't bet it. Uh, seven, eight sounds about right to me. Uh, if I had to, you gave me a $20 bill and said, you got to bet this game. I'd bet Texas a and I mean, if there's any doubt, you got to go with the SEC in that one. It'll be tough for Mario Cristobal year one, tough spot for him, but they do have a legitimate quarterback in Van Dyke there. So uh, we'll just, it'll come down to, you know, can their offensive line protect them? Because I, I do think Texas A&M's defensive line is going to be elite. Mm-hmm. Now, another one that, hey, close to you, BYU, they're hosting Arkansas in the middle of the season. They got BYU favored by five. Uh, what's your thoughts on that number? It was too high. It, that has come down. You can't, if you come into Vegas, you're not going to get five anymore. I think it's down to BYU one, which mm-hmm. is kind of close. Unique travel spot. So I'm worried about the altitude for Arkansas. It's not very often that they play in altitude, obviously. 
Also worried on the BYU aspect on their side of things. They played Notre Dame the week before. So are they coming off a big upset win? Did they, you know, suffer a loss? Are they banged up a little bit after playing a physical team? They had already played at that point, Oregon, Baylor, Notre Dame, all top 20 caliber uh, type of teams. So uh, I, it's one where my numbers said Arkansas plus five, but now at one, one and a half, that passed for me. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we touched on uh, Auburn a little bit in that early schedule run of home games but they do got penn state coming to town week three that opened at uh, auburn minus one uh thoughts on that game i you know i have penn state one uh if it was you know if it was game week i would bet penn state plus one uh it's three months in advance (laughs) they're not holding my money up for that Uh, i can tell you that so i thought it was a relatively fair line I, i think penn state's better but I'll say this. I bet Penn State in last year's game against Auburn won, cashed that ticket, but I thought Auburn really played a, a good game against them. And considering uh, that was a whiteout game, I thought they held their more than held their own in that one. Now, another rematch from last year, similar. Tennessee at Pitt. Pitt won in Neyland Stadium, but uh, I know Pitt, of course, they lost the, the quarterback. They just lost the receiver, offensive coordinator. A lot of losses there. Tennessee favored by two. What's your thoughts on that one? So I got bet up to three. My number is like Pitt, but I got to tell you, out of all the bets that I made so far this year, you know, I'm probably most off. It looks like on Pittsburgh uh, because of week one, uh, my numbers are way off on that game that they play West Virginia. My numbers are way off on the Pitt Tennessee game where I, I expect I, my numbers say Pitt should be favored. I think mispricing is maybe I haven't downgraded him enough for losing Kenny Pickett. Keaton Slowis is okay. He's not, a, you know, there's certainly a downgrade there. I think also people overreact to losing a quarterback, overreact to losing the Blitnikoff winner at wide receiver. Pitt still returns all five starters on the offensive line. So uh, if I had to bet that game now, I would bet Pitt. Now, clearly, you could not have been more emphatic, Brad. Alabama in the West, Georgia in the East. But let's just say, miracle, something happens where <laughs> those teams don't make it. Are there any dark horses uh, at either division that, you know, maybe you throw a buck or two on that, uh, you know, if everything were to break right and maybe everything breaks wrong for Alabama, Georgia, you like to uh, to make it to Atlanta? Yeah, again, this won't be a surprise, but Tennessee, just because they're so unique offensively, and I think they're relatively new, they're schematically to the SEC. I think they could make a run. At least they'd be the team in the East that would give Georgia their closest competition. In the West, it'd be A&M. Uh, I mean, I know they're at Alabama. They're a significant underdog. But, again, I, I could see a scenario where Texas A&M is favored in, in their remaining 11 games. So, if they finally play up to expectation, I, I could see A&M. I mean, if Alabama were to slip up once or twice, they would be the team, I think, most likely. Well, just tr- terrific stuff here, Brad. I really appreciate it. And, hey, according to your numbers, 614 to 514, 54% winner at bradpowersports.com that's about 50 to 60 picks better than me so uh, can you plug for the fans uh, where to find your content and what you got looking forward to the season yeah first you can follow me on twitter at bradpower7 uh i i'm a sarcastic follow but i, I put bets <laughs> and stuff in there but uh you know i it's mainly college football i don't bounce too much from sport to sport so you will get predominantly college football from me uh you can also check out my website at bradpowersports.com all right. Thanks again, Brad. I really appreciate it. Uh, you, you're the man for doing this. I, I appreciate all this tremendous insight. Hey, thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you. All right. So just want to say thanks again, Brad, for joining the show. 
I mean, that was outstanding. First time on the show, really brought it. I'm going to have to have him back on the line. And don't forget, uh, as mentioned, give him a follow at BradPowers7 on Twitter. Uh, he won't disappoint you. I mean, this is a guy that's he's breaking down the spring games. He's watching them here in the middle of the spring, just like we do on this show. There's not a lot of folks out here, particularly in Las Vegas, that are as involved in college football as Mr. Brad Powers. So throw him a follow. He's got a huge following on Twitter. He deserves an even bigger one. Cannot thank you enough for joining the show, Brad, and bringing that insight you did. But hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. And uh, as always, if you guys you know, appreciate this content coming your way, we're trying to get through this offseason as best we can to keep bringing you content. I hope to have one more show before the week is up. But as always, if you made it this far, if you wouldn't mind giving us that five-star review on the Apple Podcast app, a five-star review on Spotify, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You do any of those, won't cost you a dime, absolutely free, and we'll send you a beer koozie free of charge just for doing that. Just send those on over to that secpodcast at gmail.com. We got all 14 SEC koozies ready to send out to you listeners. So that's going to do it for this episode of the show. We'll catch you on the next one.